All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Young Ari Gold, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And John, uh, you know, typical losing fashion for the Houston Texans. Quarterback does what the quarterback needs to do. And, uh, well, play calling, game management, time management, defense, they all just kind of collapsed all at once. But I mean, uh, I... I honestly don't put this one on the defense. Like no. the defense was fine. The defense was fine. Like even in the second half, it was fine. I mean, they weren't exactly put in the best position to succeed. Sure. sure. And, but I mean, I, I get the argument for for wanting to be mad at them, but I'm I'm really not. It's not the What's defense. It, can I ask you the difference between this and the Chiefs' loss? The Chiefs' loss. Not not like not like playoffs and all. Obviously, yes, that was a playoff game. This is you know, like sure, but like take the playoffs out of it and let's just take the score and all of that. And what's the difference? No, this is closer to like the Seahawks or the Patriots or countless other games in the past where the offense does a really good job of getting ahead, uh-huh. and then. You just watch it slip away and then you don't have it. You don't even have enough timeouts. You don't even have enough timeouts to do anything about it. And that's where the part that it's, it's painful. It's like you get to the two minute warning and you just watch the time clock just tick away. And you're like, there's absolutely nothing we can do. And it doesn't matter what coach we have. Like it's honestly, it's kind of terrifying that we change quarterbacks we changed coaches. We've changed defensive styles. We've changed pretty much everybody on special teams except for Fairbairn. And it still happens. Like, just absolute insanity. It still happens. You didn't answer my question. I know I didn't answer your question. <laughs> um, <laughs> How is it but, different? I mean... It isn't. It really, when you get down to it, it really isn't that much. It different. isn't. The difference is everybody was willing to go to bat for Deshaun having an awful second half or last three quarters of a game. And it's because he's a generational talent that, you know, everybody went to defense, went to coaching, went to game management. Nobody wanted to put any of the blame on Deshaun for that loss, right? It's because he scored so many points in the first quarter, but. Right. Where was that at in the second, third, and fourth quarter? Like it, and, and and in Deshaun's case, it's very similar to Davis's case. Is the fact that the game plan was just erroneous, right? It was yeah. it, it was non-existent. I mean, wait, there's it wasn't Deshaun's are... fault, and it wasn't Davis's fault. It was really just the fact that the game plan and play calling were atrocious. Whoa, I, I have not seen this. Some people are actually blaming Davis Mills for the loss. There are some. There are some. Yeah, I, I, I think, um, I, but I, I brought that up in the sense of, I think when, um, when, that, when that happened in KC, you know, everybody pointed at the defense and said right. the defense was the collapse. Now, 
50 points or however many were scored by Kansas City compared to what was it, 20, 24 or whatever. I don't even know the final, I don't remember the final score of the game, but you know, a three point victory or two point victory, whatever. Uh, 50 points is a lot more than this, right? So that I think the defense does get some blame for letting Patrick Mahomes just toast them for three quarters. But um, I do find it a bit interesting the fact that, you know, a lot of that also had to do with game like play calling and game management and time management and situational football and things of that nature in that game. That is why we lost. It wasn't just the defense. It was also the fact that the the coaching and the play calling didn't put the offense in a position to continue to um, succeed. And that put us in the position where we were able to give up a 24 point lead is because play calling just went away completely, you know, and that's what happened on Sunday was play calling just went away in the second half. I mean, it was just yeah, definitely la- lackadaisical, uh, very boring uh, vanilla play calling on the offensive side of the ball. And because of that, they gave up a lead. And it's, you know, the defense was on the field a lot more in the second half than they were in the first half. Um, and that's, that's what that, that was the collapse on Sunday. I mean, was just the well, fact that, I mean, it was so many different things. Like, if Fairbairn makes two extra points, if we decide to actually do anything and, other and than try goal. and kick that build goal, and we don't waste our time out on that field goal, if the punter doesn't punt the ball directly into somebody's helmet because they were trying to do a fake punt, then go back to a regular punt, then maybe do like a pooch kick thing. I, I don't really know what they were trying to do. And Johnson just punted the ball into somebody's helmet. And that gave the defense a short field. The defense, I mean, for the positions they were put in, they gave up 25 points. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't even, that's not that bad. Uh, Yeah. I don't think think you can blame the defense too much. I I do think they could have played better in the second half. I, I don't think it can go without saying that they could have played better. Sure. But I mean, we could have. We're going against a a scout team offensive line. There should have been more sacks. I was actually surprised by that. They weren't able to generate. Yeah, we weren't able to generate any sort of pressure, which we'd shown glimpses of throughout the season. But yeah, I mean, other than that, like the defense, I don't really put any blame on them. This is all special teams and this is coaching. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. Let's get to Davis Mills because I think that's really probably what a lot of people are wondering here is, you know, I'll let you go first, but what did you take away from this game in regard to Davis Mills? And are you intrigued now? Do you want to see more? What What are you? I mean, let's see. The uh, The kid has now definitely has the highest ceiling and the lowest floor yeah. based on rookie performances. Like he has one of the all-time worst rookie performances ever. He now also has one of the all-time great rookie performances ever, and they were in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, that is, I mean, I don't even know what to make of that. Let me ask this, John: uh, Does uh, does the uh, seeing what the Bills did to Mahomes make you feel any better about what happened uh, to the Texans seven, you know, eight days ago? I mean, a little bit. And yeah. there's there was a lot of other other things from the Buffalo Bills game that we actually improved upon going into the Patriots. Like I think Brandon Cooks ended up with. Like he ended up with 23 yards receiving three receptions, 23 yards. So, and Davis Mills threw for 312 yards. 
So he, Davis Mills was able to adjust. He was able to actually throw it to more than one player. Um, who would have thought Chris Moore, like, where did he come from? Yeah. Like, he just, he had, he had some, he was electric. Like there, there were so many good things about Chris Moore. And then I know some people talk about that one touchdown where, oh, that was all luck. Which one? The, was able the, to, the, the one where the Chris Moore touchdown. Perfectly placed. Um, yeah. He, he threw oh. the ball. <laughs> He threw the ball. You you are told over and over as a quarterback, throw the ball where only your guy could make a play on it. Yeah. And that's exactly that's what, he what he did. did. He threw it where only his guy could make a play. Yeah. That was an accident. And Chris Moore turned it into something a lot more. But, yeah. I mean, they but still – That's what happens. That's part of being a quarterback. Well, I mean, look so, at Tyreek Hill. Where did, where did all his yards come from? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was – Very similar plays. Like, and this isn't – this isn't to diminish anything about Tyrod Taylor. I mean, that's the whole point of you get the ball in a position where your guys can make a play for it and then hopefully turning into something more like that. That's it. And that's part of the, what I was constantly talking about. Can a quarterback get beat up? Can he get sacked? Can he get intercepted and still maintain a little bit of aggressiveness? Like, can they, what's so hard about, quarterbacks to develop in the NFL is they've got to stay aggressive without making the same mistakes. And you'll hear like guys who used to play in the NFL, like they're, they don't really think during the plays, like it's all muscle memory. Like they recognize what defense is there and what coverage is there. And they just react like every, not every quarterback, but a lot of the quarterbacks that you hear interviews and hear talk about it. Like everything goes so, so quickly. It's when they start to think, when they don't react, when they just start to think, that's when they start to screw up. That's when they get happy feet. That's when they get scared, scared to throw. They go conservative. They turn into check down. And Davis Mills hasn't done that. He's gotten absolutely beat, beat up. And he's still out there trying to make throws. So he does get a lot of credit for that. Um, what I have said about Davis Mills, even when we drafted him, is he has all the physical talents of guys that are successful in the league right now. Does he have a, an arm like Mahomes? No. Does he have accuracy like Drew Brees? No. But he wouldn't be the worst. He wouldn't have the weakest arm in the NFL. He wouldn't be the least accurate guy in the NFL. He needs to play. He needs to develop. And he needs to get beat up and see how he responds. And right now, I mean, he's responding in a positive manner. Now, you can't just say off one game – it's the same thing we said. I said last week. One game doesn't mean that he's going to be this, the next great quarterback. One game also doesn't mean that he's going to be the next Nathan Peterman and be out of and should be out of the league relatively quick. Like you, just, you can't tell off two games exactly what he's going to be, but it does show his ceiling and it does show his floor. And wow, does he have a ceiling? And wow, does he have a floor? I think that's like the perfect analogy and perfect like way to look at davis mills right now is you you're you're coming off of possibly one of the worst quarterback performances you could ever see not even just for a rookie just in general right and then you're seeing you know a quarterback go against a team and a coach that has a history i mean it's a statistical history of shutting down rookie quarterbacks and making them look awful, you know, for the entire game. And he didn't look that way in any 
you know, in any way. He he looked comfortable. You know, I think the biggest thing I took away from it was, yeah, he, he definitely played great and played a lot better than I think a lot of people expected. But was the fact that he wasn't sh- like shooken up from last week, right? You know, the mental aspect of the game, which is really probably one of the more important aspects of quarterbacking in the NFL is, you know, being able to have those mental reps, that mental strength to kind of take that, right? You're supposed to be a goldfish, uh, you know, forget the last play, move forward, forget the last game, move forward. And, and for me, my biggest concern coming into this week was the fact that he did have such an awful game that you had to wonder, you know, is it in his head now? Is this, you know, is there any way for him to come out of that? Because that, I mean, it was such a bad game, right? And it wasn't all just him that made it a bad game. Play calling didn't help. A lack of run game didn't help against the Bills. I mean, defense wasn't very good either. So, like, there there were parts of it that, um, you know, he were out of his control. But what he did control, he was not very good either. And then, you know, Sunday what he did was he went out and looked really good. I mean, really good. He looked really comfortable in the pocket. Um, Might have tried to be Deshaun a little too much in the sense of, you know, getting rid of the ball and, and dancing around in the pocket. You know, he's definitely more athletic than I think people give him credit for. I don't think, you know, I think a lot of it is associated with just, I hate to say it, but like his his, his skin complexion. Nobody expects him to be a, a mobile, you know, quarterback. And he's not necessarily mobile, but he can be if you need him to be at times. And he did show that as well. Um, but I think, you know, you're right. Like we saw the ceiling, we saw the floor. Now we need to see more, I think is, you know, is that ceiling, can that ceiling be consistent, right? Right. Because what we saw Sunday, that's if that, even if that's the ceiling, which it can't be because he can, you can get better. He's a rookie. There's no way he can't get better. It's just, it's, if he works at it, he has to get better. So there's still more to go in that ceiling. But even if that is his ceiling, that ceiling with the right play calling can win you games in the NFL. Oh, definitely. I mean, this isn't to say, hey, he's going to be even be our starter next year. But it's also to say at this point, he hasn't eliminated that possibility. I mean, he yeah. went out, he bounced back. He played very, very well. I mean, the fact that he had no interceptions still just absolutely blew my, blows my mind. If I had told you before the game started that Davis Mills is going to play the entire game, he's going to have, I would say, over 150 yards – Passing and no interceptions, you have been like, oh man, we won. Yeah, all right, take that bet too. But yeah, um, no, I agree, right? Like, and not only that, like, if you look at the quarterback on the opposite side of him, like, Mac should have had four, five, five picks, right? I mean, he, 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 he cannot throw the ball downfield in any way, right? 10, 15 yards, he's super comfortable. Anything past that, you know, watch out. And um, Max got a lot of, or I mean, Davis has a lot, got a lot of areas he's got to improve on his deep ball. Just he, he's got to be able to put more touch on his deep ball. Um, he's got to be more accurate throwing deep. But um, he looked better than Mac Jones in in that game. If you just went off that game, there's no, you wouldn't be able to tell who was the first round pick versus who was the third round pick. Yeah, I mean. Actually, you would probably flip them. You'd be like, oh, Mac Jones is the developmental quarterback and Davis Mills is the guy that would be more polished. Right. And I mean, that, but that's part of it. Like, that's part of the development with Davis Mills is will he be able to find some consistency? Will, I mean, at this point, he has had, if you, he's had the best 
game out of any of the rookies. He's had the worst game out of any of the rookies this year. And he's also had one that is right there in the middle of all the rookie performances. So he's been way inconsistent. He's been average. He's been above average. He's been putrid. Yeah. So when he's, when he gets some consistency or is it still going to be, or is it going to be the Davis Mills roller coaster? That's what we got to find out. Yeah. Yeah. And he no, apparently really likes playing at home. Um, yeah, absolutely. Jair just pointed out zero interceptions and two home games now. Yeah. He doesn't have another home game though. I don't think until Halloween. So um, he's got two road games coming up, but um, that indie defense isn't the indie defense we expected him to be. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, my buddy Jug pointed out, good luck playing nickel and sending the corner blitz every time because you're not playing Deshaun anymore. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's actually true because Eberflus would just destroy uh, Deshaun um, with those corner blitzes. But um, Well, I, I, I feel – I don't know if I feel comfortable saying that out loud yet because Davis Mills has struggled setting protection, which was also Deshaun's – one of Deshaun's uh, – big weaknesses. Like Still there's was. been times where I wish we were like other teams that had the center in charge of setting the protection instead of, instead of the quarterback, even though I do get, I get the reasoning behind it. If you have a quarterback, cause it makes everything flow easier. Um, the quarterback has more control at the line of scrimmage, but the fact that Deshaun struggled with it and Davis Mills has not gotten off to a great start on it makes me a little concerned. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, Deshaun, even in year four, was having problems, you know, changing the protection and, you know, at the line and picking up blitzes. I mean, it's not like that was ever a strength of his. Uh, and no, if anything, definitely not. If anything, it was always his biggest weakness was the fact that he, he was never able to do so. Um, he just had the athletic ability to be able to, you know, kind of – uh, sometimes make you miss to the point to where he can make up for it. Right. And and the play breaks down downfield, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so at this point, do you want to see more Davis or if Tyrod was ready going into Indy this week, who you prefer Tyrod? Oh man, that is and, actually and, a very and, tough question. And the division is still completely up for grabs. That's why it's a tough, that's why it's a tough question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because I'm still standing by my original um, statement at the beginning of the year that as long as we're in contention, you kind of want Tyrod to play, right? You want Tyrod to play. You want, if Tyrod was playing our record, like we're leading the division if Tyrod doesn't get hurt. Instead, we've had to suffer because of Davis Mills' Mills, uh, growing pains. However, there's another part of me, especially after this past game, that just wants to see if Davis Mills could build upon it. And I mean, luckily, like we, no one has to make that decision. Tyrod Taylor's not ready to come back. But if he was ready, it would be a very, it would be a very, very tough decision because we're only a game out in our division. Like, I mean, do you are think we all, that... or are we all tied in trash? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I know that the Colts just blew it. Um, so, I mean, I get it. And I think I know your response is like, you got to let the rookie play. Just let him play it out. And I get it. And I definitely understand. And there's part of me that wants that. 
there's still a part of me that knows when we get to get to that first wild card weekend that if I felt like we could have gotten there and we didn't, I'd be so sad watching those games. Like it sucks to watch playoff football and your team's not in it. Like it, it really does. As much as we, I, as much as we almost took it for granted, we're like, Oh, we're going to be mediocre. We're going to make it to the playoffs. And we're going to be out after one game, one game in the playoffs. We still made it to the playoffs. Like that was still something to be excited about. There was still that hope. Um, it was still a big game. So I want to make the playoffs. Like I, I really do. And it's still, if we're still in contention, I think Tyrod does still give us the better chance, but for the future. And it's probably even the smarter play is to play Davis mills. You got to see what he's going to be. You got to see if he can build some consistency. You got to see if this last week was a fluke. Like you got to figure out if he was Matt Flynn or if he's, or if he's something better. Yeah. I think, for me, the only reason I don't really care about the division in, to an extent is the fact that making a wild card isn't enough for me. And, and we know that this team, no matter who's at quarterback, even honestly, if it was Deshaun Watson, this team's not winning a Super Bowl this year. So, no. so at, at the end of the day, like if you're not going to win, if you're not going to you know accomplish the main goal, then I don't really care about the other goals that kind of lead to that main goal because at the end of the day they, they really don't matter the whole point of playing in the nfl is to win a super bowl and if you don't have an opportunity to do that then i don't really care about the other stuff that comes along with it i'd, I'd rather davis mills be quarterback for the rest of the year or until he just shows for you know two three four weeks that he's you know he has bills you know a bills game you know, for three or four weeks, then it's like, okay, you know, entertain us. Let's see Tyrod and let's go into the draft. Let's trade Deshaun and let's, you know, see what, what we can build. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd prefer to see Davis Mills the rest of the year. I, I, I just, it, it's the unknown, you know, it, it kind of all boils down to the, the same things that we've really been saying is there's, it's just an unknown still. The, the whole part of it is an unknown, whether he, is a guy to build around or whether he's a guy that you can't build around those, that that's the co- Those, those are the two questions we need answered. Right. And one always answer one answers the other. So it's really one question. Um, and I'd rather know that going into next year, I'd rather have a clear, like a clear, concise picture. I, I don't want any doubt in, in our heads. I don't want anybody in that building to think one thing and another person to think another, I'd, I'd prefer for there to be a consensus around it. Um, and the only way to really get that is to give him enough playing time to, and, and really, I think the only right amount of playing time is the rest of the season, because you, you can't even see it in three or four games, right? You can't, you really need to see it, what he's going to build on. Does he take this week and build on it next week? Right. Or does he take a step back? Like there's just so much that goes into just development in general when it comes to a player, but specifically <clears throat> when it comes to the quarterback position, it's going to take time. And we're talking about a guy with 14 starts, 15 starts under his belt. It's going to take time. So give the kid the time to be able to show what he can do. Yeah. That's uh, <coughs> 15, 15 starts in four years. Like, right. That was 11, 11 in college. And then now the ones that he's had here in the NFL. <laughs> you all right, man. I don't know what happened there. But oh. I mean, he's, you're, you're right. Like, I don't – everything you said, there's nothing wrong there. And I, I and I also – I think this is one of those situations where neither one of us are really, really wrong. Like, 
I get what you're saying. Like the point for a professional franchise should be to make it to the Super Bowl. Like that should be their end goal. And a lot of fans definitely feel like that. But I mean, honestly, the point for us as fans is to be able to enjoy the game. And sometimes just at the end of the year, like, especially you, it starts to realize, like, I would rather watch to see how these guys continue to grow. I'd like to see if they get better. And here's, here's the thing. What if it's Davis Mills that take us, takes us to the playoffs? Like, let's just say something crazy. Like, what if he, let's say he's not as good as he was this week, but let's say he settles down and he's like 275 a game. He's throwing two touchdowns a game and an interception a game. Do you think if he's putting up numbers like that, the Texans are in contention for one of these uh, for one of these super wild cards? Say the stats again. Two seventy two seventy five yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. No. No, I, I don't think that's enough. To be honest with you, um, he's going to need to play a little bit better than that if you want to actually have a shot at making it and you know or winning the division or or taking the you know winning the division or getting to the wild card he's gonna have to play a little bit better than that i mean i guess average maybe if that's the average over that would you be know, the, the average next, that yeah, would be, that's, that'd be the average with this run game no yeah that's, if that that's if that if, if that's what he's doing no it, 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 that won't work i mean if, if we're running the ball the way that we've ran the ball the last two weeks three weeks four four weeks whatever you know, we guess game one was the only game that we really had a decent run game. Um, so, no, that wouldn't be enough. If he was averaging 350 and three, you know, maybe, maybe. Well, um, I didn't pull that number straight out. Three. Like, I didn't just make pull that number straight out of the air. That's like the the mean, is that it, of, multi, of rookie quarterbacks that went on to be multi-year starters mm. um, with winning records. They all had – probably at least average run game. So we don't, we don't even probably. have an average run game, right? I mean, our, our running game is awful. I mean, our offensive line when it comes to run blocking is. Our offensive line has some issues. What is, what is going on there? Like what is, let, let's just segue into that. Points to one what on thing. earth is Every, going on with our offensive line? Everybody points to one thing. They all say right tackle, right? moving Titus to left guard and, and, and not keeping him at right tackle. I, I'm not going to say that that's the one thing that's because I, I don't know if Titus was that great at right tackle to really make that big of a difference in the run game. I mean, pass pass protection wise, the team's fine. They're not great. But if you look at, if you look at the you know QB hits through five weeks, I think we're, we're above average in, in that area. So, um, you know, uh, coaching, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 there, there's no inconsistencies really, really too. Like it seems to be a thing. Like Justin Britt has good games and bad games and Titus has good games and bad games. Um, you know, <clears throat> I, I'd like to say that they're going to get better, but I don't know why they would get better. Like if they're not better by now, I don't know what more games and more reps are really going to do. Um, they have gone up against some pretty stiff competition. Um, you know, I think every like the last four games have been against top eight defenses in the NFL, I think, or something like that. Um, so, you know, that's that plays a part, maybe. Um, and the Colts have a really good run defense this week, too. So, yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I, I'm not sure. I also 
don't think it helps that like all of your running backs are old. Like Philip Lindsay has like zero vision. He's definitely not the running back that we were hoping he would be. I, I honestly would be fine never seeing him get the ball ever again, to be honest with you. I, I hands down would take David Johnson and Mark Ingram over Philip Lindsay. Um, based on what we've seen through five weeks, Philip Lindsay does not look like a running back that should be on the A roster. He right. he looks he looks awful. So I'd rather see Scotty Phillips and and then Philip Lindsay. Uh, Scotty was at least able in preseason to be able to get you know those extra yards after contact. I, I feel like we don't really have a running back that can get extra yards after contact. That's really what this team needs right now is somebody that doesn't go down on first contact. I mean, Mark, you know, he'll get you your yard when you need it. And I'm not saying Mark's bad. Mark's not necessarily bad, but he's not this elusive runner. Um, I, I I'd rather see you know Scotty. David and Mark than anything that Philip Lindsay has done so far this season. He has been uh, absolutely horrible. Well, I mean, so I think you add the two together. Right? At running the ball, they all have. Like, let's not even get yeah. started on um, on Rex Burkhead. Why is he even taking up a roster spot? He's been bad. David Johnson's been has been fine as a receiving back. Like, he's a better he's receiver than really running good. back. Yeah, and they've been getting him out on the edge, and he's actually he's been he's been fine. Like. David Johnson, who I was so ready to cut and just be done with no matter what, he's been fine. Like, you couldn't complain about him. Yeah. Mark Ingram has 3.1 yards per carry. Um, and then Lindsay, I'm not even sure. Lindsay, Lindsay has, like, 1.7. Yeah. So. Awful. No, if, I, I, it's like I know Mark Ingram's a great character guy. But let's be honest. Why, why don't you give Scotty Phillips – a chance like you can't tell me that he can't get three yards a carry three yards a carry is is nothing and you go back to our offensive line like they're fine pass and pass protection especially when they get lined up correctly but there's just no push whatsoever and these are big big guys we have a huge offensive line we have an offensive line that is big that it looks like they're trying to be built for power because they're not the most athletic guys but there's that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to push people off the line and they just can't. And I don't, all the resources that we've poured in, like Titus Howard at right tackle, great pass protector, poor run blocker. So that was part of the, when we had the discussion about why would you move him to guard? It was I mean, I guess because run blocking at guards easier than run blocking at tackle. You just line up and you hit the guy in front of you as hard as you can. <clears throat> but, and more pass protection. It's usually pass protection has to be taught because there's more technique. Run, run blocking. Like, it's just who wants it more. And our guys seem to be fine technique-wise, but they just don't want to push the other guy off. Like, I, I just, I don't get it. Like, they're not undersized. They're big guys. Like, we can't really be a zone team because the, we don't have those type of offensive linemen. They've always struggled to get to the second level. So you would think that very least they would clear holes on the actual line of scrimmage. That's just not happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Ryan points out, David Johnson has been really good on draws too. Unfortunately, yeah. a lot of those draws though, Ryan, have been on third third and long. Um yeah, but but he has been good on draws. Um, I think it's a lot easier to you know on third and sixteen get ten, eleven, twelve yards um, than it is on first and ten. But um, 
yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I think there's a lot of issues, you know, I think it's coaching staff, uh, you know, whether maybe it's that they're just gelling to, you know, still gelling and, and building, you know, out throughout the organization and the coaching staff and just getting on the same page, maybe. Um, but there, there needs to be a conversation because you can't line up and run the ball as often as we are and have that little of success and expect to win games. I mean, we shouldn't have been in this game at all based on just how bad we ran the ball. Um, but Davis had such a good performance that he kind of over, you know, overcome, overcame that run game. But I'd like to see some changes, some, some, whether it be philosophical or, or roster either way. Um, I, I, at this point, I think you have to see Scotty Phillips. I, I really don't think there's any other, anything else that you could really do. You have to see Scotty Phillips because he is your best running back after contact. And right now your running backs are getting hit after, you know, no gain and, you know, a one yard gain. Right. Like, so let's see if we can yeah. get some more out of Scotty Phillips. And we I actually the, agree. With- we had to lead the entire second half at, until, you know, the very end, of course. And we didn't break a hundred yards rushing. Yeah. You can't win like that. Um. I actually agree with Paul here too. He, he talks about does Coley make it three years on the te- as the Texans head coach? Uh, I don't. I don't think he does. I really don't. I no. think I think he's a one to two year fix. I, I really do. I think it's more about the culture right now and other things. Um, and I think that's it. Like I, I don't. I don't think he's the long term fix. I don't think anybody really thought he would be the long term fix. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're you're gonna have to let him go. Um, at some point, whether that's after, um, after, you know, the, the turnover and everything else happens and you get to the roster where you want it to be and you find your quarterback, maybe it's all that stuff. Right. But he, he's definitely a stopgap coach. hundred percent. Yep. And I mean, we've, we've said that since the moment he was hired. Yeah. He was a guy that was smooth in the transition and, I mean, he's 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 a good guy. Like, I see why he's was a great assistant head coach for so long, like as a character guy. But, and I mean, he even I think he even had it right when he was going for it on every fourth down in the first half. Like, but he has a very very similar character flaw to quite a few other, oh, namely Bill O'Brien, where when they are playing for nothing to lose, like they actually come, the Texans come out great. Like they, the coach, they seem well coached, but as soon as they get to that point where it's like, Oh shit, we might win. They turtle. And that's when bad decisions happen. And the play calling just gets so vanilla and Cully let that happen. And I don't know if that's because the play calling, because Tim Kelly learned from Bill O'Brien, which is probably part of it. But David Kelly let that happen. Then David Kelly showed a very, very, very similar trade and time clock management. So I'm just, I'm worried. I'm really worried. I mean, it's three games in, but he's been in the NFL forever. Like the learning curve for him shouldn't be as steep when it comes to clock management because he's been around it for so long. Yeah. And Harbaugh, John Harbaugh is supposed to be one of the, one of the best. At time clock management. I've not really paid that much attention to the Ravens, so I could be completely wrong as I just go off what the announcer said, and that's what they said the other night. 
and Kelly was his assistant head coach, you would have thought he would have learned. Yeah, I mean, I think Coley, I think he's a great guy. And I think coming off of Bill O'Brien and his brash approach to players and the his way or the highway type of mentality, um, I think for the regime, for the players that, that were on the roster last year and are on the roster this year, I think that was David Coley was needed to be able to kind of make the mood and the culture a little bit more approachable, a little bit more enjoyable, a little bit more fun. And I think that was just coming from Bill, what we needed. I don't think anybody expects him to be some Super Bowl, you know, head coach and, and the guy that's going to get us over the hill. I think he's just the guy that can get us through what we're going through. And it's going to suck because you're going to have a lot of games like this over the next this year and next year, I, you know, maybe a year after that, depending on, you know, how everything goes, trading with Deshaun, hitting on draft picks, things of that nature. I mean, there's lots of different things that go into it, but um, it's going to be this year and next year at the minimum, in my opinion, for David Coley. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, for him, it was just uh, let me get paid quite a bit of money. I'm, I'm, I'm 67 years old. I'm close to retiring anyways. Let me get paid a head coach salary for the next two years, do what these guys need me to do. Um, and then, you know, turn it over and kind of go about my ways. Yeah. And I mean, it's still his dream. Like he, Kelly's out there trying to win. Yeah. Like, this is, this is his dream job. This is what, you know, he was beyond excited for the opportunity to do, to do this, but he, he's a stopgap coach for a multitude of reasons. Culturally. I think that, the original plan to get Deshaun back was to keep Tim Kelly and Kelly didn't want to bring in his own offensive guy. Like he are, he would have been cool with keeping Tim Kelly to him. That wasn't a big deal. Whereas like if Joe Brady had ended up becoming the coach, Tim Kelly would have been gone. It would have been a completely different offense. So I think that there's a multitude of factors why Kelly was actually hired. And a lot of those factors still apply and they're going to give him a year or two. I, I mean, we've seen how this, this team works from a management standpoint, Cully would just, they without Deshaun, they weren't, I don't think they were really expecting to win. So they're not going to hold that against Cully. But if he continues to make some pretty boneheaded decisions, either because, and you know, he knows better. So it's probably the pressure of actually being the guy making those decisions, that those decisions are happening. That maybe could lead me to believe that they're going to let him go sooner rather than later but i very much doubt it like he's definitely our head coach this year he's definitely our head coach next year and then i think that i think that you're right it just depends on how those draft picks go is it it's entirely possible there's there's a lot of teams out there that have had a lot of first round picks that have messed up every single one of those first round picks and for as much as we're dishing Cully or dissing Cully right now not saying the positives about him he does seem to be a pretty good guy at actually teaching the players how to play because <clears throat> the team for the most part has looked a lot better coached. I would agree. Um, fundamentally the team looks better coached um, schematically on offense. You know, it, it's kind of similar to Bill O'Brien in the sense, not play calling it to a degree, but like you'll see bursts of creativity you know, for a series or two, and then 
you know, you see the second half of the Patriots game and you're just like, um, okay, can we go back to the other bag that you guys were in, you know, in the first two quarters and like, see, see what else we you, could do? Can you breathe and relax? And can somebody tell you we're, lo- we're losing? Like, just go out there and go back to playing like you have nothing to lose. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's where, where Cully's making these these bad calls. It's when they're high-pressure situations where it's like, oh, all of a sudden, oh, we might we might win. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm seeing lots of stuff about Lonnie Johnson Jr. Uh, traded or trade rumors. Where are these coming from? He tweeted something uh, along the lines of like, shit's crazy. That's it? Yeah, that's it. That's literally uh, it. Okay. Uh, um, let me see yeah, if, I can, if there was a follow-up I, I missed. I don't text Lonnie about stuff like that. I, I know like Pat's asked me to, and I, I just don't do that. I don't like. Yeah, he said shit crazy. And then I don't see if he said anything else. I know he said something yesterday or something like that. Ah, uh, that's why Jeremy Fowler listed him as a possible trade candidate. Oh, that's all, that's all it took. Okay. Really? That's it. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if there's lots of these guys that are traded. I wouldn't be surprised if Malik Collins is traded. I wouldn't be surprised if Charles Amenehu is traded. I wouldn't be surprised if Monty Johnson is traded. I wouldn't be surprised if Justin Reed is traded. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Lermy Tunsil is traded. Like, I, <laughs> I honestly don't believe there is anybody on this roster that is not tradable. No, I agree. And here's There's the follow up. Uh, somebody on somebody on Twitter, Adrian Gonzalez, said they moved Chris Connolly back or Chris Moore back to the uh, practice squad, even though he had a monster game. And then Lonnie Johnson responded, "It's not, but soon enough you will know." Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm so, sure. Storm, I'm sure. We'll see. Something. Maybe maybe hit up Pat later, but I mean, you can drop it in the chat if he knows anything, but. I, I think Paul's 100% right. He, he is he is Marcus Peters in the extent that... Oh, uh, uh, was talking about Gruden? He was a day late. No, no, that was yesterday. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. It was yesterday. Those are all time stamped from yesterday. So, okay. Well, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, that Gruden stuff. Because the, the Gruden stuff was crazy. It's still crazy. There's going to be a lot more. This is not anywhere near done. I I, I, I was going to look last night and I got busy, but I wanted to go look and see if there was anybody on the uh, in, in upper management or on the coaching staff or anything like that. That's that was on the Washington football team from 2015 to 2018 or 19. I, I really wonder if there's any potential spread that could come this way because it's 650,000 emails. Um <clears throat> And it's not going to stop here with Gruden. There's, there's going to be more, um, a lot more. And it, it, it's likely going to be more about Washington than anything else. But there might be some other people that uh, fall because of this stuff. 
and oh well. I'm, I'm a big proponent of if, if you're willing to write it in private, you might as well be okay with it going public because that's the day and age we live in now. So anything you're writing or putting out, whether you think it's private or not, that's that's on you, buddy. Yeah, no, I definitely don't, agree. Don't. Groot, Gruden for those emails, especially because some people kind of glance over the really, the really problematic one is the Washington Washington kind of coerced their cheerleaders into taking topless picks. Oh, really? And those picks were weren't supposed to be released, and apparently Gruden that was part of the back and forth. So at that point they were saying, I can't believe this is glossed over, but he may be guilty of essentially a sexual harassment or a sex crime um, for trading, you know, trading nudie pics that you, you shouldn't have. And that, that, that to me, like that really stood out. Like, dude, that's, that's messed up. That's really crazy. Like the language is trash and that language shouldn't be used. But 10 years ago, and I can see actions, I can kind of get, because like with Nassib and all that, apparently he's been very supportive. But that language and everything, like there's there's really no excuse for it. Some of those emails were up from 2018, uh, though, too. Oh, were they? Yeah, it wasn't just 10 years ago. Yeah. They have emails from Gruden from 2011 to 2018 making comments like that. Oh, well, that changes it. Yeah. Um, but no... Yeah, I, I'm 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 not supportive of Gruden at all. Like I'm also tired of all these people on Twitter that are like, oh, if you looked at all your emails for the past 10 years, what would they say? Nothing like that. Out of my mind. Nothing yeah, like that. Nothing like that. I don't talk like that in in uh in a friendly setting with friends I've known for 15 years. That's just because that's not who I am internally. So those things would never come out of my mouth. Um I'm never gonna say something hurtful to you know with an uh, uh, intention to hurt or be be uh mean in any form or fashion so yeah those those it can't be excused shouldn't be excused i don't see that i don't see why though the comparisons well i mean i know why it's it's the maga crowd but they're using deshaun now as like the like deshaun was trending early this morning because of gruden and um everybody was basically saying like you had Ben that, who raped, and then you have Deshaun who has 22 cases. Um, the difference is very simple. Um, 22 are allegations, not on the side of Deshaun in any form or fashion, but I'm just saying, as we speak right now, they are allegations. What Gruden did was factual. And there was also, you know, how many games has Deshaun played this year? <clears throat> Zero. <clears throat> exactly. I mean, the other part was they tried to bring uh, Mike Vick into it, where yeah. you know, Mike Vick went to Leavenworth. Roethlisberger, I mean, maybe that's a fair comparison. But yeah. it's funny. Roethlisberger really hasn't been brought up nearly as much. He didn't start to trend. It's funny. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure what what's really going on, but either way... Uh, all right, before we get out of here, um, Colts this week. Colts are bad. Are they gonna Are they gonna continue to let Carson Wentz start and get what does he have to hit seventy percent of snaps? I believe it's seventy percent, right? He has to start like oh. or somebody like correct me. Games. 
There's no way they're going to let him do it if they don't look like they're going to make the playoffs, though. I hope not. I mean, or I hope so. It'd be great, but um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but he he did look. I watched the game last night. He he, he didn't. Carson Wentz didn't look bad last night. Um, no, it wasn't on him. Didn't look like he lost because of Wentz. Okay. It looked like seventy five percent without playoffs. Seventy percent so seventy five percent or more. Oh, you just said it. There you go. Interesting. <clears throat> quicker than quicker than me. But yeah, just uh, in case I was talking over, it's seventy five percent or more if the Colts do not make the playoffs. Seventy percent if they do. So let's let them win, <clears throat> um, so that they think they have a chance. Let's hope the Titans lose, and let's hope the Titans and Colts duel it out for the division. And Carson Wentz stays there. You know, they give up a first, and Carson Wentz their starting quarterback for the next couple of years. That's that's what I would do. Yeah, I, I mean that's. Oh, you're doing it's like how? At, what can we do to make sure that the uh, Colts and the Titans have a very close race down to the down to the wire? And I mean, in my mind, it's perfect if the the Colts don't make the playoffs and still have to give up that pick. One hundred percent. Did he miss a game this year? He hasn't missed a game, right? Not yet. Or did he miss one? I don't think. I think, he, I think he missed one, right? I think he missed. Uh, I thought Jacob Eason played, or uh, or maybe it was all preseason. Either way. I don't know. I think it was all preseason, but let me double check real quick. Yeah, while you're doing that, I think um, this Colts team is not the team that I expected it to be. I thought this defense was going to be a lot better. I thought it all boiled down to what they were going to get out of the quarterback to have an understanding of what this Colts team would look like. But that defense does not look like the defense we're used to seeing from Eberflus and and the Colts. Um, Darius Leonard doesn't look like the player he's looked like uh, in the past. Uh, They they don't have a secondary in any form or fashion. yeah, he yeah. hasn't missed a game yet. And, I mean, he hasn't been horrible this season. No, uh, I, I, he hasn't. He has not. <clears throat> so far, he's played every game. Against Tennessee, that was, his, that was his worst game. He had a passer rating of 66. But the other games, he's been at 102, 86, 115, and 128. So, I mean, he's not been horrible. Yeah. I mean, that's about all I can game. say. Their run game looks good. Run game looked good yeah. yesterday, at least. Jonathan Taylor, all, all, all of them. Dude. <clears throat> Marlon Hines is an Jonathan absolute Taylor. beast. I would trade for Marlon Mack. I know you're not supposed to want running backs that have coming off a torn Achilles, but I don't know. He looks – he didn't look bad for a running back coming off a torn Achilles. If you could get him on the cheap, I would definitely take him. Yeah, but you're not going to trade in division, so. <clears throat> oh, no, no, no. And he'll uh, probably won't get an, another contract at the end of the year. So it'll yeah. work out. But no, I mean, Naheem Hines might be one of the better special teams receiving running backs in the league. Jonathan Taylor is an absolute beast. He's a beast. Like, absolute beast. Like, I'm scared to play him. Yeah. But Yeah. This Colts game should be fun. This should be a game where we're in it the entire game. Um, yeah, I, I just I have no faith in the coaching staff and and thinking that we could potentially has, has, been, has he been found out either that or the the talent deficiency has caused him to have to change things up but i mean they really don't have corners i mean they they don't have any they're they might be worse than us in the secondary yeah 
they I think they they were down to two corners at one point last night. Yeah, I think Xavier Rhodes went out. Um, yeah, so I, I don't I don't really know. Um, what and then their their safety play was atrocious. Yep, absolutely atrocious. Now, if I mean they also had Curry Willis and Rakia Sen both out, they were both sick yep. because of injuries. So maybe. But even but, even then, neither one of them are these stellar secondary players. So, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be it should be at least an entertaining game to watch. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully we can play with them. Uh, I mean, we seem to know how to scheme up how to attack that defense in the past because they're not an attacking defense. They are a zone sit back react. And then every now and then, you know, they'll blitz their they'll blitz their slot corner. So we'll see how how that kind of changes with Davis Mills. But I'm not as scared of them as I was at the beginning of the year. I yeah. will admit that. I, I when we first talked about this game, I thought they were going to blow us out. But I, I now, thought they would. I thought they'd run away with the division. To be honest with you, yeah. But now I'd say we have we have a puncher's chance of winning it. Yeah. Hundred percent. How are you feeling about your Astros? I'm excited. Yeah, should beat the I'm shit excited. out of the Red Sox. Yeah, I mean you got to enjoy it while you can. Right now with the Astros. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty cool to see. I, I I love I love the love that the Astros get. It's so awesome. It's yeah. just so cool. Like I'm not I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I love watching in October. It's it's definitely the best one of the better sports to watch when it comes to playoff time and but just seeing the timeline on twitter and things like that just looks so i don't know just looks awesome to see well, astros twitter so in some regards support. has gotten so much more fun since the cheating scandal because everybody's so over it there's just a lot more fight in astros twitter than there used to be there's a lot more like pettiness towards other teams and a lot more and it's just, I don't know, it's a lot funnier. And, I mean, this is a fan base. Like, we we sat through all those seasons that were just bad. Bad, bad, bad seasons. So, this is a fan base that knows how to suffer. And right now, they're just, we're just enjoying the hell out of it. Like, I honestly, I know that the Cubs got all, all this credit when, you know, they finally won the World Series and lovable losers and how much fun it must have been. But I'd honestly say that the Astros and especially that World Series run, like, I don't know if I've ever been a part of something where that fan base just so enjoyed that championship and the whole process of it. Yeah. Granted, I mean, you look at the teams that I go for, it's not like I have a lot of experience with uh, winning championships, um, but still. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just cool. Um, and, and hopefully they sweep the Red Sox just so that way Patty gets enough of uh, enough uh, hate on this on the timeline for, you know, it's going to be it's going to be an awkward week for Pat. It's going to be an yeah. awkward week. I, I'm, I'm here for it. It's going to be enjoyable. He he is going to if, if the Red Sox win, just know he is going to explode on everybody. He will. He's going to yeah. explode. That, um, that won't be fun. No. 
Beige, my guy. Uh, J. Cole was absolutely amazing. It was an outer body experience. I, I love seeing him. It was so cool to be able to share it with my 16-year-old daughter. That's like one of the cooler parts about it is that's her favorite artist too. So um, to be able to share something like that on her 16th birthday, it was so fun. It was it was a blast. We bought a bunch of merch, had a nice dinner. It was, um, it was so cool. Um, I want to go see him again, but uh, yeah, thank you for asking. Um, all right, John, what else we got? Anything else you I want to talk about? Done. Charles Menehue being inactive. <clears throat> I mean, it's because he, he's been trash. I mean, been, he hasn't been good. It has nothing to do with David. Like, I, I don't know why that was on the timeline. It has nothing to do with him having the same agent as Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah, I, that that was a weird one to see. Because um, according to Pat. Uh, Nick and David are are in very good on very good terms. They're both being extremely patient with each other. So, um, in regards to the Deshaun situation, so I mean, I don't really see David being why Charles was inactive. I think it was really just I wanted they wanted to see Jenkins play. It could they they probably said it couldn't be worse. Pretty much. Which is true. Charles looked great in preseason. He looked great in training camp. Um, And now he's had moments, but he hasn't. He's been inconsistent. And I think that's probably what it boiled down to. Charles has been very inconsistent this season. And they want to see some consistency from him. And instead, while he was on the sideline, he just looked like a pouty baby. I was was watching him. He He was literally right in front of me the entire game. We moved down to go watch the game with Alex at, in Section 108. We were right there, and he was in a jumpsuit <clears throat> or a sweatsuit, and he just looked like he was so un, like pissed off. He looked like just a big pouty baby. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's not the type of guy that helps your culture. So uh, Merck had to come talk to him multiple times. So I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he's inactive again, to be honest with you. Well, hopefully it lights a fire under him. Hopefully. Sometimes that's what it takes. I mean, he's flashed. This year he hasn't been any good. And, I mean, Jenkins looked really good during the preseason. Granted, you know, he got cut. But there was a reason why everybody wanted him to come back. So, I mean, I don't. Jordan Jenkins was cut? Wasn't he? No. Or am I thinking of somebody else? I think you're thinking of somebody else. He was, we signed him as a free agent. Um, Maybe I am thinking of somebody else. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Brandon, what is, was Brandon Cook's trade talk all about? That was just a post on Instagram um, saying – was I think it was the same thing as Lonnie. Um, basically saying, like, trades to watch out for or players to watch out for in a trade before the trade deadline. Brandon Cooks is always going to be a part of those conversations just because he's 27 – and he performs wherever he goes without question. I mean, the guy just performs. Uh, and that's basically what he said under the IG comment was, um, I, wherever I'm at, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to ball out. And he's 100% right. So I don't know if there's trade rumors or, or anything like that, but um, I don't think you trade Brandon Cooks if you're trying to develop uh, Davis Mills. Yeah, it was Jaleel Johnson you were talking about. Yeah, Johnson. Sorry, all the Jays. You know, yeah. 
Yeah. Sorry. That was my fault. It's all right. Uh, All right. What else? Anything else? Nope. We're right at an hour. I think that, I think that's enough. All right. Well, uh, make sure you guys go follow all of the uh, Texans unfiltered team. You can follow me at young underscore Ari gold. You can follow John at John a Wade three on Twitter. Uh, you can follow uh, Patrick Storm at Patrick Storm TU, and you can follow Jair at JRLTU on Twitter as well. Uh, make sure you go follow Paul Hamlin. Uh, I don't have his Twitter, so Paul, drop your drop your Twitter in the comment section real quick. Um, <clears throat> and um, yeah, follow Paul. Paul's the guy that runs the Instagram. He does clips for us. He's a a big part of what we do. So thank you, Paul, for that. And also, I need to I need to co- talk to you sometime this week so you can. Uh, uh, connect with my cousin who just transferred to UT um, whenever you have a chance. So hit me up. Um, but yeah, with that being said, uh, oh, there we go. Paul Hamlin, P A U L H A M L I N underscore 23. I'm assuming the 23 is for LeBron. Um, Cause I, you're too young for it to be about Michael. Um, you want to know what's and- funny about that? My four, my four-year-old Jack loves Michael Jordan. All because of Space Jam. Michael Jordan is his favorite basketball player. All because of the Space Jam movie. The original Space Jam movie. He's watched that movie so many times. It's a great movie. Yeah. I haven't seen the new one. I haven't either. I have no interest in seeing the new one. Have you seen... Did you see... Uh, did you see um, Venom yet? I have not seen Venom yet. That's good. So uh, James Bond instead. I saw that. That was great. Mm-hmm. That was great. Did you see Shang Chi yet? I did see Shang Chi. That was good. That okay. was really good. That was really good. Yeah, that was really good. Um, Eternals, November fifth. Case. Dude, I, I'm actually. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, that should be good. And then we got Spider Man coming in in December, so that'll be really good as well. Um, all right. Uh, well, with that being said. Um, you guys know where to find us. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Tell a friend, tell a family member um, that if you're looking for the realest Texans talk, this is where you'll find it. Um, oh, the new Scream movie trailer looks really good. I watched that today. Um, yeah. Um, and with that being said, I'm Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We'll catch you guys next week.